Quick disclaimer, all information, content, and material of this podcast are the opinions of the speakers and is for the informational purpose only and not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified healthcare provider. Welcome to the Untethered Podcast. I am your host, Hallie Balkin. I'm a certified orofacial myologist, feeding specialist, and mentor. This podcast is all about getting your questions answered and collaborating with colleagues to bring you the most up-to-date information in the orofacial myofunctional therapy, tethered oral tissue, and airway space. I challenge you to keep an open mind and join my mission to get this information out to the masses. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to episode 66 of the Untethered Podcast. It's your host, Hallie, here today, and this is recording number two, training number two of our six-part business mini-series. And I'm super excited to bring you this topic today because while this one might be a little bit more woo-woo and less business topic heavy, one of the things that I learned early on is that we need to learn to work on our business, not just in our business. And what I mean by that is we have to work on ourselves and we need to work on the person behind the curtain, if you will, right? We are the number one doer in our businesses. And what I mean by that is we're constantly the ones going, hey, this is a good idea. Let me try this. Or, hey, I'm the person who has to be the face of therapy, uh, especially if you're a one-man band, right? Or one-woman band. Uh, you're the, the single provider in your practice. Or you're the person answering the phones. Or, you know, we talked we can talk more about this. I confuse like what I've talked to you guys about now and what um, I talk to, you know, members of my Mayo membership and those who've taken Feed the Peds and done the bonus training. I, I mishmash all of that together. But my point here is that we can't constantly be working in our business as the sole provider of all things necessary to run our business. We have to step away from that a bit and look at our business as a holistic entity in the sense that we're looking at it as how can I better myself in order to let this business run a little bit easier? Or how can I maybe even hire out to allow myself to have more time to work on myself? And this is not a podcast episode where we're going to get into self-care per se. I know that's a big buzzword going around these days Um, to me. And as as a side note, self-care is more than a mani-pedi and a cup of coffee by yourself. Those things are wonderful, but self-care to me could be attributed to what I'm going to teach you in this episode. And there's three big things that we're going to review. Uh, And these are things that teach you how to work on your business, right? Like look at your business from the outside, aside from just working inside it, providing the therapy services, answering the phones. Those are the things you do that work in your business and help you make money, right? And continue being a business, being that provider, providing a service, making money in exchange for doing that. What I want you to focus on is what many in our industry do not talk about, working on your business, which really means working on yourself. And I had this fabulous mentor in a program. So many of you have probably heard me talk about Jim Fortin, if you're somebody who has done any type of a training with me. and or James Wedmore. They both have been very instrumental. I quote them on my social media. You know, they've been, 
my experience with both of them has been very eye-opening as a business owner, um, but also just as a human, right? Like my everyday human experiences. Um, and one of one of Jim's coaches, Lisa Carpenter, also was very instrumental in teaching me some concepts that really have stuck with me even after almost two years. Um, the first one that we're going to talk about is learning to let it be easy. And the first time that I remember Lisa said this to me, I was like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm making things too hard? Like, And yes, I was. I was absolutely making things too hard. I was constantly questioning what I was doing in my business. Is this the best way to do it? Am I getting my team enough, you know, um, leads or, you know, clients? Am I? And, and look, those are all important things, right? It's, it's important to make sure you have enough clients coming in to serve the need of your therapist, to serve your surrounding community so that they're being served and getting the need, you know, getting their needs met. And that's why they're coming to you. I'm not saying don't do those things. What I'm saying is learn to let it be easy. This simply means stop overcomplicating things. Speech language pathologists, especially, which I know is a large market on my podcast, a lot, a lot of you are in that in that SLP world. Um, I don't know about you RDHs if this is something you to, do too, or if you guys naturally tend to simplify things. But I know a lot of SLPs are like type A, right? We joke we're type A, and we overdo things, and we overthink things, we overcomplicate them. And this is going to overlap a little bit with point number two, uh, because I'm what I consider myself to be a recovering overdoer. I'm somebody who is constantly overdoing more so, and I told myself it was because I wanted to provide the best services to my patients. I wanted to have a boutique level service. I wanted to make sure we were always over delivering. But there are ways to do that without overcomplicating things and overdoing things. And so that's what I want to focus on for our first two points here. So number one, again, is let it be easy. And that's actually, it's a simple choice. It is a choice that you make. So the next time that something is in front of you and you have to decide, do I take road A or road B? Like I'm at the split, which way do I go? Let it be easy and be okay with failing. Be okay with knowing that the decision that you make, like there is no wrong decision. There is a decision that you're going to make, and if you fully own it and you go that direction and you know what, it doesn't work out, you can pivot. But I know so many people who get so stuck, especially in the business world or even in therapy planning and in therapy delivery, where they just sit and think and think and think for so long that they never actually go out and do. So that is your first tip today. Figure out how that concept of letting it be easy can apply to your life? How can you stop overcomplicating certain things so that you can take a deep breath and go, wow, that was actually kind of easy. And hey, you know what? If it doesn't work out, like I can pivot. I'm not stuck. You're never stuck. You're never stuck. Let that sink in. You can always pivot, right? And it's the people who put their heads down and just push forward. They go, you know, forward with whatever decision they've made for their business and themselves, those are the people who have the opportunity to even pivot when and if needed. But if you stay stuck and overcomplicating things and never even get started, which is oftentimes so much of what I see, that's when we see people, I see a lot of my clients just overcomplicating things. And when I say clients, I do one-on-one mentoring with 
private practice owners, those who are either looking to start or grow. And so that's who I'm referencing here. Um, but I'm also noticing it now that we've, we've got a whole mentorship program in place in our feeding course, and um, we have the Myo membership as well. What we're seeing is that people are overcomplicating things. And you know, I had a lot of people say to me, you know, wow, I took that 28-hour course and that Mayo course, and the way that you just broke this down and demonstrated how you do things, it just, it makes so much sense. Well, that's because I simplify things. Yes, we need to have the knowledge. Yes, we need to, to do our continuing ed. Yes, we need to collaborate with other professionals. No, it's not a simple therapy. But the way that we go about taking the information that we learn and actually putting it into play, we can simplify that. So that is what I'm talking about. Um, now let's talk about the second point that I alluded to a minute ago or a few minutes ago. Rec I'm a recovering overdoer, okay? <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, I look, I'm a night owl and I know that about myself. It's just, I just think that I do the best work between like 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. That's who I am. I don't try to fight it anymore. And I find ways to rest and set my schedule, even as a mom of two young kids, so that I can do what I need to do when I, for example, if I need to write something, my writing happens best between those hours. Now, I don't do that every night. There's no way. I wouldn't be able to keep up. But I was trying to do that on top of a full caseload of patients, on top of running my local private practice, on top of running the podcast, trying to get this online, you know, training set up. And the honest, you know, to be honest with you, I am also an overcover, uh, a recovering uh, control freak. Like I was somebody who had to have my hands in everything before because it was mine and it was my baby. And so many people get stuck in feeling like your business is your baby, like you just birthed this baby, right? So my biggest point of advice that I can give you or anybody really in relation to overcoming being an overdoer or being even a control freak like I used to experience is one, let it be easy, like we already talked about, but two, hire out. Find people that are within your budget that can do the work that you need to do where you're paying them a fair rate for that work and take a lot of the administrative things off your plate that you do not need to be doing, right? And you can always grow a therapy team. You can, you know, you can hire the people who also can take clients, patients, you know, off of your plate. But there's just so many, the sky's the limit here in terms of, you know, knowing what to do in your business versus the next business could be totally different. You know, for me, I'll give you some examples. One thing was finally, this was the hardest thing for me, was turning over my intake phone calls. And I was already a multi six figure business when I did this. And to see how much time and energy, first of all, let me back up. I love talking to patients. I love onboarding patients. I thoroughly enjoy it. But I got to the point where it, it actually became I almost didn't know how to not spend 15 minutes on the phone with a new patient to the point where, yes, they became a patient and yes, I was, you know, I, they felt comfortable coming on board with me, but it wasn't necessary. And I realized it wasn't necessary to do that because they're going to get me or my team when they have an appointment with us. And when I brought on my, my first um, administrative assistant who started doing these intake phone calls, 
she was converting patients just the same as I was. They were they were interested whether or not they got me on the phone. And that was something I had a hard time wrapping my head around in the beginning because I really felt like I was bringing this personal touch that nobody else could bring. And then I realized it wasn't really even necessary to do that. I mean, look, it's a great perk and benefit if you want to, but I learned it wasn't necessary. And you know what actually happened? It was the craziest thing. When I removed myself from doing that, My business actually grew even faster because I was able to replace that time with treating patients, which opened up extra treatment therapy slots for me because I wasn't spending that time on the phone trying to onboard new clients. So when you you look at it from that perspective, it can actually grow your business to allow somebody else to do those and take phone calls. I also had handed over billing at a certain point and um, it's now back on my plate for no reason other than the person went and took a different job in a completely different industry. But um, I'm actually now going to be outsourcing that again to my bookkeeper because, again, I don't need to be spending X number of hours per month doing our private practice billing. It's a major time suck and it's time away from my family, right? It's what I'm, I end up doing outside of my normal business hours because I don't have time to do it within my business hours and it doesn't need to be me doing billing, right? So start to look at your business. Where can you hire a, or contract somebody for, it could be a couple hours a week, right? It doesn't need to be a full-time position. This can be a contract position. Where can you stop overdoing and allow somebody to step in and help you, right? This is the kind of thing that when people start talking about self-care, to me, self-care is loving yourself enough to let go of the things that you don't need to have your hands in so that you can have more time in your day, more energy in your life, and whether that time is for your family or for another business that you wanna, you know, this business idea you wanna run with or more time to see more patients, whatever that is for you, you maybe it's time to go to the gym, time to read a book, whatever that is for you, that is the kind of self-care that I think people should be talking about that they're not. And it's funny because that wasn't even the topic of this episode, but I just think being that it's such a buzzword these days, I really wanted to kind of pinpoint that as well. Now, the third thing is let it go. And this is something that came, I think, directly from Jim, from my mentor, Jim Fortin. It may have been Lisa. It may have been Jim. It may have been both of them. But it was definitely within Jim's program where Lisa is one of the senior coaches. And learning to, and it's funny because whenever they would say that, I would have like this imagery of Elsa and Anna. (laughs) frozen one like let it go and I have no voice so I apologize for that I cannot carry a tune but if that just you know helps you get some imagery into your brain as well then that's the point I learned that I needed to just let things go like there were certain things that I always felt like oh I need to have like these 10 things happen in this way and this should happen that way and this person needs to do that and da 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 and when I learned to just like release all of that and honestly let it go and like things that used to trigger me which is a whole deeper conversation I used to think it was that other person trying to trigger me or it was this whole concept that is triggering me you know based on like something unattached to me and what I realized was that all of those triggers, one, they were coming from a place of exhaustion because I was overdoing and I had my hands in too many things and I was constantly trying to like over, I I won't say that I've always overcomplicated things. I do try to make things easy, but when you get to a point of being tired and overdoing, things just automatically become more complicated, even if you're a person who normally simplifies things. That's just, you just don't have as much, you know, energy to expend when you're working from a place of exhaustion. So, 
learning to let it go really helped me also to start working from a place of peace, which I get maybe a little too woo-woo for some of you all. But from like a spiritual standpoint, like learning to work from a place of peace where I could literally just close my eyes, take a deep breath, and all of a sudden like feel no stress throughout my body and just feel total relaxation and then move forward with the next patient or the next email or whatever, you know, creating the next training, whatever it is I need to do in that moment. I learned that whatever those triggers were that were coming up for me were internal. They were inside of me. It was me that was feeling triggered. Nobody can make you feel triggered. When you feel triggered, something's coming up for you that's deep down within you. And again, this is a much deeper conversation that I didn't even really intend to go into today. But the whole point is figure out how you can find like you can center yourself or work from a place of peace. And I, I it almost feels funny to say that because as a speech language pathologist who worked, who specialized in working with children who are on the autism spectrum way back when, like early on in my career, that was something that I was constantly working on for those patients and families. I was trying to help them get centered. Like like let's let's help figure out how our sensory system can work from a place that serves us versus a place of overdrive or underdrive, you know, and it applies to so many business owners because until you are working from a place of letting things be easy and allowing others to help you and not overdoing and really figuring out how to just let certain things go that don't serve you well or serve you at all, to me, like that combination led to me feeling very peaceful in my work. And quite honestly, I think that the best therapists are those who learn to take care of themselves so that you can in turn turn around and give your patients the best care, right? It's just like they say in parenting, like we can't be our best selves unless you know, we take care of ourselves first. It's that whole, you know, uh, analogy of being on an airplane. If, if you're losing oxygen, like you can't help anybody else unless you put your mask on first, right? Which for a parent, that seems incredibly like you're, for me, it's like, what, what do you mean? Like, why wouldn't I put a mask on my child first? Of course I would put a mask on my child first, but they say, no, 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 you need to put a mask on yourself first because you need the oxygen to continue to breathe to then place the mask on your child. So it's that same kind of idea, right? That you need to help yourself first before you're going to have the ability to go and help others. Much easier said than done, okay? I get it. I know that. I've been there, but I've also spent a lot of time, especially over the past two years, working, learning to work from a place of peace, letting things be easy, becoming that, you know, becoming the recovering overdoer (laughs) because I, and a lot of you will say, but Hallie, like you have your private practice and a podcast and Feed the Peds and the Mayo membership. And yeah, it looks to a lot of people like I do a lot of things. And yes, I do keep late hours. So a lot of people think that I work like, a 40 hour work week plus I'm up all night. I will tell you that's not the case. I tend to, cause I know it's better for, for me energetically and just like what, how my brain works best. Um, and this could be that ADHD side of me. I don't know, uh, but which I think has improved a lot since I now nasal breathe and, you know, have done expansion and all the, the Mayo stuff, but I digress. The point is that I've learned how to do this for myself. And by learning this, I don't, I've also hired a lot of people. There is a big team of people behind me. It is not all me. So what you see happening, I want everybody to understand 
I have got a fabulous administrative assistant in my private practice. I have a team of 20 part-time therapists. I have a team of, I have a marketing team. I've got a, I've got two virtual assistants. Uh, I've got, um, I've had a copywriter in the past when I was getting started. I've got a Facebook ads team. I mean, when you guys start to really break it down and see what's going on here, a lot of you only see the therapists who are on the front lines helping me, right? Like I've got my amazing team of therapists who teach and feed the peds with me because I really focus more on the Mayo and the Tot stuff and they're taking over most of the other feeding related trainings in there, which many of you know if you've taken the course. In the Mayo membership, which is brand new, I'm teaching in the first couple months, but then I'm bringing on colleagues of mine who you know, honestly, I want to continue to learn from, but who I think would be really valuable to members of the membership to learn from while I'm going to, while I also brought on a team of people who are creating research reviews. And then I'm going to do a little business training and I'll do the monthly virtual um, study club, the Mayo study club that we do virtually each month, because these are things that are fun for me and that I enjoy doing and that I know that I can bring, you know, my best teachings to. And so I found ways to, do what I'm doing, but bring on teams of people and pay them accordingly, right? They're all getting paid for the work they do. And that that is how I'm able to do what I'm doing. And so I am, first and foremost, I am an open book, right? I There's no hidden agenda here. So when you see me and you see what I'm doing in business, like I, I will share. I share how things operate, how things work, just in terms of like the people that are behind me. There is a team of people. I do not do this alone. I will never pretend to do this alone. And anybody who tells you that they're uber successful and is doing it all by themselves, I would question that and I would run. I would run far away (laughs) because they are definitely overdoing it and there's no way they can help you and work from their best selves if they are constantly overdoing it in their own lives to just keep everything afloat, right? there was this amazing poem that when I worked in the schools and I started at one of my first schools that I worked at, um, I remember it was Greencastle Elementary School and gosh, I, I can't remember what it was and I'm sitting here and I want to like Google, but I don't want to create like noise in the background. Uh, but there was this amazing poem that the principal gave to all the new employees and he also gave us a glass ball and it was ba- the whole idea behind this poem was basically like you can throw as many balls as you want up into the air but the ones that are most important are really the ones that should be there and the other ones are probably going to come crashing down at some point but sometimes you don't get to decide which balls come crashing down and that could be your family that could be your job that could be you know the students that you're treating and so that was kind of the impact it had on me like like don't put too many balls into the air without making sure you have the support to do so or something is going to come crashing down. And I kept that green glass ball on my desk um, for I don't know how long. I still, I remember this so well that I don't need the imagery of that ball on my desk anymore. Plus I have young children, so I don't really like to leave it on my home office desk because, well, two-year-olds. But I just think it's a great thing to keep in mind because, and and maybe I can find it and put it in the show notes, um, but it really speaks to let things be easy. Stop overcomplicating things, right? That's number one in review. Number two is stop overdoing, right? Stop overdoing, like hire people if you need extra help. And if it seems like an expense that you can't stomach right now, figure out a way to make that happen for you, for your own 
sanity, your own health, the own health of both you and your business and your family or whoever, you know, maybe behind uh, whoever's in your, your support system at home. And then three, let it go. Learn to let it go. And really, ultimately, all these things will help you learn to work from a place of peace. So I, ho- I hope that this was a helpful episode, um, just understanding kind of some of the concepts that I work from on a daily basis and what's really ingrained into me, you know, what I value as a business owner, as a mom, as a professional, um, as a myofunctional therapist, a speech language pathologist, you know, all the different hats that I wear. And I think that. It, if it's something that's brand new to you, sit with it and figure out like where could I let something become easier in my life? Like what what on my list of things that I do every day can I take off? What is not really pushing my agenda forward? Like what do I what makes me feel busy but it's not it's just busy work. It's not something that's actually going to make me money, better my life, better my patients' lives, better my family's life. What is that one thing you can take off your plate, right? Um because that's going to help you let things start to be easier, stop overdoing, and learn to work from that place of peace, right? Kind of just like let that one thing go, okay? So that's your action item immediately. I hope that um, you guys enjoyed this, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Real quick before you go, we are doing a free training with the Fast Myo Screening Packet. Go to fastmyoscreening.com to get your copy, and join us in our Facebook group, which we will link below. It is the Mayo membership. I want to up-level my Mayo game. Find that group, answer the questions. We will admit you. We're doing a free training from August 24th to 28th in that group. When you join us, you'll realize how much fun it can be to screen patients. So jump on in there, join us. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want to hear more of these Mayo Tots airway and feeding related episodes, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash the untethered podcast. If you found value, others you know in this space will too. So be sure to share this episode on your social media platforms and join us over on Facebook, on my Facebook page at Hallie Balkan Biz, on Instagram at, at Hallie Balkan, and you can head over to the untetheredpodcast.com to grab a copy of the show notes, um, where you can also subscribe to be kept up to date on the latest podcast episodes. 